This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables. Dimitri walked slowly around the produce stalls and food stands at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles. Hands held behind his back, eyes closed, he let his nose guide him forward, though he occasionally peeked to make sure he wouldn't get tripped up by children chasing one another around the lampposts that were wrapped in garlands. The winter smells brought lightness to his step as the warm, sweet, spiced air filled his lungs and lifted his spirits bringing a smile to his face as he tiptoed slowly but surely into this new year. Winter comfort foods called to him as lunchtime approached. Tamales, Chinese hot pot, roasted root vegetable stew, poutine, steamed mussels in white wine, borscht beetroot soup, gnocchi in butter and sage sauce. And in the background, he could still smell the sweet, crisp scent of citrus from the produce stalls, as well as the light, earthy, floral fragrance of fresh herbs like parsley, lemon balm, tarragon, and mint. And then, in the background, not a scent but a sound, a flurry of tiny steps getting louder and louder, accompanied by squeaks and giggles. Dimitri opened his eyes just in time to stop as a row of kids circled him and the nearest lamppost in a figure-eight pattern. Dimitri chuckled like a kid himself as a flustered woman with two full bags of produce and a handful of mint candies hurried over in pursuit, calling out, If you're seated at that table for lunch in ten seconds, you'll get a candy. She then mouthed the words, I'm so sorry, to Dimitri, shaking her head and rolling her eyes to the sky, then back at Dimitri with a sweet smile as the kids scurried around him to the table. Dimitri winked smiling as the kids quieted down at the table, sitting upright with their hands clasped in front of them like perfect winter snow angels, their eyes fixated on the prized peppermint patties. After lunch, the woman winked as she set down her bags, placing the candies inside. Dimitri met the woman at the food stands and helped her carry the tray of mac and cheese and fresh orange slices for the kids, returning to retrieve his own lunch, today French onion soup with a side of rosemary toast. On his way back to the table, he made two stops, one at the candy shop, picking up the last of the on-sale candy canes left over from the holiday, and the other at the produce stalls, picking up a stem of fresh peppermint leaves. He sat down at the community table, followed by other families and groups of friends and neighbors, kids and adults, all gathering for their midday feast, like one big family, Dimitri's family as he saw it. He smiled as he quietly sipped his soup, dunking his bread, licking his lips, content and comforted. As the murmur of moving lips and clinking silverware calmed, Dimitri plucked a leaf from his peppermint sprig and began to speak. Did you know that mint is often regarded as the world's oldest medicine? It dates back at least to ancient Egyptian times, 
and has been used throughout its long history to treat ailments of the skin, respiratory, digestive, and nervous system. Peppermint here, a hybrid mint, has primarily been used to treat stomach problems, but it has also been chewed for freshening breath, and dried leaves were used to whiten teeth. Dimitri popped the leaf into his mouth, chewing it down and exhaling proudly. Refreshed, he winked, as the kids giggled at his animated movements. That strong, sweet smell and cooling aftertaste comes from their main organic compound, menthol. This strong menthol scent is also what distinguishes peppermint from its parent variety, spearmint. And, of course, Dimitri held up a pointer finger while his other hand reached into his jacket pocket. Peppermint is also the oldest and most popular flavor out of all mint-flavored confectionery. He pulled out a handful of candy canes, fanning them out in the middle of the table. As a colloquial term in English, the word mint can stand for any small, sugary item flavored to taste like peppermint. The woman followed Dimitri's lead and placed the peppermint patties in the center of the table. Ah, yes. By the end of the 1900s, we had York Peppermint Patties, which you can celebrate on National Peppermint Patty Day, February 11th. And while we don't know exactly when peppermint-flavored candies first appeared, we do know that Altoids were developed in 1780. But according to one legend, Dimitri picked up a candy cane and unwrapped the top half. The candy cane may have its humble beginnings as far back as the 1600s, along with the tradition of using candy to keep children quiet. Dimitri winked at the woman, who smiled, and handed out the rest of the candies to the kids in the crowd. Dimitri licked his candy cane, listening to the choir of unwrapping, wrinkling candy covers. Then, as always, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. It was the late 1600s at the Cologne Cathedral in Germany, just three days before Christmas. A young choir master was set to lead the kids' choir in the opening of a Christmas concert ahead of a living nativity scene, during which silent reverence would be expected of him and his choir. But while the kids sang in unison like angels, they quickly came to pieces after their song was done. They were chatty and fidgety, as the choir master struggled to hold their attention, their stillness, once the music stopped. How can I keep them happy and quiet for just a while longer? He wondered aloud as a few kids circled him in a game of tag, their choir robes floating behind them like capes. I'm hungry. Me too, the kids called out. Aha, the choir master sang out as a plan came to his mind. The next day, now two days before Christmas, after practice, when the music stopped, the choir master said, Children, children, if you can stand still and keep very quiet, I have a treat for you. They smiled and scurried back into their places as the choirmaster picked up a basket of chocolates and passed them around. He stepped back, set the empty basket at his feet, and stroked his chin with his hand as he observed the scene before him. Each child in line, as still as he could hope for, and yet something wasn't quite right. The choirmaster closed his eyes to think, and that's when he heard the snap, crunch, pop of the kids biting and chewing their pieces of chocolate. Ah, something sweet but something of softer sound, he said to himself, before praising the kids for their cooperation and dismissing them from practice. The next day, the day before Christmas, 
After practice, again, when the music stopped, the choir master said, Children, children, if you can stand still and keep very quiet, I have another treat for you. Again, the kids smiled and scurried into place as the choir master passed around sweet peppermint sticks that they could suck on quietly, lasting much longer, and in silence to boot. Yes! The choir master held both hands up to the sky in victory as he stood before the still, quiet, yet happy group of children. But wait! The choir master lowered his arms and again brought his hand to his chin. Sweets are not appropriate at so solemn a place as church. The board will never agree. Unless... The choirmaster's eyes lit up like the children's when they first saw the candies. I think I know how to calm their concerns. That night, Christmas Eve, the choirmaster caught a local confectioner just before he was to close up shop for the holidays. Sir, please, I need your help and your talents. Can you whip up some peppermint sugar sticks, but make them slightly longer and bend them so their tops are hooked? The confectioner thought for a moment. I, I suppose I could. That shape, they will look just like... Like a shepherd's staff, the choirmaster said proudly. The next day, Christmas Day, the choirmaster led the children in Christmas concert, their voices in angelic harmony. When the music stopped, with the board's blessing of the breach in church etiquette, as the candies resembled the religious symbol of a shepherd's crook, the choirmaster wisely handed out the hooked peppermint candies, which kept the children quiet and calm during the live nativity scene and earned the young choirmaster praise among both the children and the community. From those humble beginnings to the array of flavors and colors today, the candy cane remains an enduring symbol of the holiday season. Though it wasn't until the 1900s that the iconic red-and-white striped candy cane we know today truly became tradition. Before then, the candies had to be painstakingly pulled, twisted, and bent by hand, just as the choirmaster and confectioner did that Christmas Eve. But come the 1950s, a Catholic priest named Gregory Keller invented a machine to automate the process, producing perfectly hooked candy canes every time. Suddenly, candy canes were everywhere, hanging on trees, stirring hot cocoa, and keeping kids quiet in times of reverence to this very day. The End Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time.